Hello, everyone. My name is David Coleman. Welcome back to Bridging the Gap here on Bootleggers Music Group Radio. As you know, I developed Bridging the Gap to try and help people find an answer or a connection that might be missing in their life or something they're searching for. It could be it could be advice. It could be a relationship. It could be a problem that they're facing. It could be adversity. It could be a tragedy. It could be a challenge. And I try to have guests on who are doing positive things for our world, who are pretty wonderful human beings, and who have a compelling story to share that can inspire and motivate us all. And tonight, as you can see, for those of you who might be watching on YouTube or another platform, for those of you who are listening on Spotify or another um, audio-only platform, you won't be able to see them. But I have some uh, pretty pretty amazing people tonight. I have I have Shane Richardson. And uh, Shane, please tell them a little bit about you. Um, I'm the president of the Tyler Richardson Foundation, which I started uh, in memory of my son. Uh, when he passed away when he was two years old. Uh, I also work uh, for Lincoln Electric as the North America Logistics and Distribution Manager. It's very nice. And we will talk more about Tyler Richardson, the Tyler Richardson sure. Foundation, and uh, how you came to be. And I just had a chance to meet Shane recently. I feel like I've already made a friend. And uh, from what I hear from our other two guests, George Foster and David Fulcher, you're a pretty solid human being. Let's go on to my bottom left corner. George Foster. And George, before you speak, I'm going to ask Shane. We were talking before you joined the podcast. Shane's going to introduce you and let people know a little bit about you. Want to do that, Shane? Sure. So George is a legend in Cincinnati. He also started his career from 69 to 71 with the Giants out in San Francisco. He moved to the Reds from 71 to 1981, uh-huh. and then he was traded to the Mets in 82 through 86 and finished his career at the White Sox. Uh, George is a five-time All-Star, 1976 through 79 and 1981. He's a two-time World Series, uh, World Series champion, 75 and 76, uh, nationally MVP in 77. He was the runner-up in 66. He received the Silver Slugger Award in 1981. He's the two-time National League home run leader. 1977 and 78. He is also the three-time National League RBI leader from 76 to 78. He is currently in the Reds Hall of Fame and deserves to be in the National Major League Hall of Fame. George, was that was that, was that close to all true? And is it is it a good intro? It's exactly what I told him to say. <laughs> I will say this, George. Uh, of all the people I've met in the last couple of years that have entered into my life, you are by far the most interesting and. I have, oh. I have never, I have never heard anyone in my life talk more trash in life <laughs> or on a golf course than you. And for the rest of the people who don't know this, George threw out the first pitch. The uh, the Reds played the Yankees at home last week. I was blessed enough to go. I was sitting behind the benches over there. George looks up and sees me. He goes, doesn't this place have an attendance policy? So <laughs> there's, there's always a line. But George, thank you for joining us. We're going to get to our topic here in a minute and our our final guest, who's been on my David, you're the first three-time participant being a guest on Bridging the Gap. Uh, you are a remarkable human being, as we can see behind you. There's a few jerseys there. The one that says American in '33. One thing I've learned from David Fulcher, who when were you with the Bengals, David? How long? Uh, 1986 to 1993. All pro, how many times? Uh, three times. Career interceptions. Thirty-one of them. And you were how tall and what weight when you played? Uh, Six foot four, 
249 pounds playing safety. Playing safety, which a lot of people think you changed the way football was played. And I, I know also that uh, you do some wonderful things through your foundation. Uh, you've got your golf tournament coming up called Putts for Penguins, which raises money. So we're going to talk about a number of things. Uh, couldn't be more blessed to have you all on. And the name of tonight's podcast is going to be called Friendship That Has Been Forged from Tragedy. And uh, Shane, I, I know the other day you and I talked, you were kind enough. I was driving somewhere and you kind of filled me in on Tyler's life and where it's gone from there. But from anyone for anyone who might not have a clue who Tyler Richardson is and maybe what happened and where it's led us to, if you don't mind sharing that, I think sure. it'll put us on the right path. Um, in 1990 or 2006, I lost my son Tyler in a tragic accident at our babysitter's house, and um, he had a tractor tire that fell on him. So, during that moment, you know, my son, my oldest son Nathan, was actually standing right next to him when it happened. So, I had gotten phone calls, and then we went to the hospital, and then when we finally figured out, um, that he was uh, unresponsive and had a very minimal chance of life. Um, I chose to turn off uh, the machine that was keeping him alive. So during that time, uh, you know, you kind of are worried about your family. You're there to protect your family. But I knew from that moment that I had to do something to keep raising him. Uh, even though we didn't have him, it's still our responsibility to, to raise him until they're 18 years old. So my wife and I, um, decided that we wanted to do something. And I actually had a, a family friend sent a check to us, you know, just as just for support. And it was the first donation that I ever put into Tyler's account. And um, so that's what really started the Tyler Richardson Foundation. So we didn't know what to do. My company, uh, which is Harris Products Group Division of Lincoln Electric, uh, my CEO, Dave Nangle, um, he told me that we have to continue this on. So he, um, he was willing to give up one of the company's golf outing and we named it Tyler's cup kind of after the Ryder cup. So we called it Tyler's cup and we chose a charity, which was abilities first in Middletown, Ohio. So they work with kids and adults with disabilities and handicaps. So our first golf outing uh, was all Harris people, and we raised about $1,500, uh, and I gave it to um, Abilities First. And then the second year, uh, we were working on our nonprofit. My wife, Ann, uh, worked very diligently putting that together because it's a very time-consumed uh, process to do that. So we did another – the second year, we'd raised um, $2,500. Um, now – 16 years later, we do well over 30,000 wow. uh, on the golf outing. It, it has turned into a major event in our area, um, and it's sold out every year. So it's Shane, very when difficult. Is, when is the event? Is it sold out already, and when is the event? The, the event this year is the 23rd. We haven't put it back out there yet. Um, there is month? spots that Shane come and go. Shane, of what month? 23rd of? of September. Thank you. It's September 23rd. It's always the fourth Saturday or the last Saturday in, in September. And we have that at Walden Ponds uh, Golf Club. Um, so we, uh, you know, we have sponsors that sponsor and don't bring a team. Sure. And then we resell those teams. And so it's there's always an opportunity to get in it. Uh, I've been blessed with, you know, 
being able to have George supporting us and David, of course, supporting us uh, the last few years. Of course, George has been doing it for well over 10. And, uh, you know, their their commitment to us and friendships to us mean so much, especially for my children. My daughter is um, excels at softball because of her hitting coach, which is George. And uh, George, of course, made a very quick connection with the family. Um, you know, when I, I met him at the Abilities first outing, I actually met David and George at that outing, but I actually knew David when I was younger because he used to live down the road in Cincinnati when he first got drafted by the Bengals. So your daughter's your daughter's hitting coach is a lifetime 274 hitter in Major League Baseball with 348 home runs and 1,239 RBIs as a hitting coach, right? That's yes. right. Yeah. That's so. The, before I before I start to get into the friendships that have forged here and and how these two incredible professional athletes have helped to, to an extent that you want to. You, you live through a parent's worst nightmare. I have two daughters. Uh, I know that David has children. George, I don't know this about you. Do you have kids? Two daughters. Very nice. Okay. So we all, we all can, can completely understand. We're all dads. You know? can't understand. I take that back. We can appreciate what it would be like to lose a child. Right away, you said we have to raise this child till he's 18. Our yes. job did that help you deal with that type of loss? And for anyone who's facing a loss, whether it's something as horrific as that or a loss in their life, what did you personally or what did your family do to circle the wagons and rally over something so traumatic? You know, the biggest thing about our family, you know, they never left. So when you lose somebody or somebody is taken from you, people are around for a short amount of time and then they're gone because everybody has to move on. The greatest thing about our friends and family is they never left us. Mm. They were always checking in. They were always there. And, you know, my advice to anybody out there that has a family member or a friend that has to unfortunately live in this club, don't leave them. Keep constant contact with them. Let them know that they're there. You know, it takes a special person to be able to do what we do. I don't, it, not everybody can basically put the hurt aside to grow something that's not no longer living. So, you know, there, there's a lot of people get depressed, you know, mental health issues, marriages. I want to say 80% of most marriages that lose a child uh, end in divorce. And my wife and I have always had constant communication. We tell each other when we're mad. We tell each other when we're sad, you know, but we still have a responsibility because we had, we still had a son. We still had Nathan and, you know, we have to protect him. So as a father, my, my job was to continue to protect my family and to make sure that they're okay. No, regarding, regardless of how I felt, if I was down or, you know, in a dark Face, I never showed it. So I was always positive, always loving, you know, and um, just I had to, I had to dig deep, as my father-in-law told me, I have to dig deep. And that's the first thing he said to me when I when he met me at the house that, you know, I have to dig deep. And I, I tell that to everybody, you know, when you get when you have to go through these things, you got to go to a place that you don't think that you can handle and make it, and, and you just got to deal with it one step at a time. My dad said every day, get up, move your feet, 
watch your if, if that's all you can do that day is just watch your feet moving forward just do that do whatever you have to do to, to stay positive because tyler uh deserves his shot at life even though he's not here it's amazing advice what and i before i even had a chance to meet you shane i had been i had been prepped by david fulcher and i've seen david going like this the entire time you were talking so i'll go to you next david and I'll, I'll come back to george but especially when you said it takes a special person to keep fighting so hard and keep moving forward and doing something for something that's no longer living. And David, yeah. I saw you shaking your head. Do you want to respond to that? Yeah. Well, I, so I, I met Shane, uh, obviously, uh, and Shane told me that he stayed by me or I stayed near him when I was playing, but I met him through George, uh, through the golf tournament. And, uh, right off the bat, I mean, I knew this was the kind of guy I wanted to be around, um, the conversation, uh, what he went through with his, with his son, um, kind of similar to what I went through with my wife when Judy was diagnosed with MS back in 1997, 96. Um, I had no idea what she had. I didn't know what was going on. Kayla's a couple of years old. Um, all I thought about was if something happens to my wife, I'm gonna have to raise my daughter by myself. And my wife and I talked about it daily. You know, you're not going anywhere you're going to help me raise this girl and you're going to be here for her duration of her life. Mm -hmm. And Shane said it, you, you've got to find it inside of you where you have to keep going on. Um, and not just going on for um, your family, but you're going on for your son. Your son's not here. His legacy, his name is being spoken daily. Um, I know it's tough for Shane to talk about it, but I think Shane has walked through the fire. Uh, he's been through the, he's been through the mud. He's been through the, he's been through the war. We all have George has yep. been through, we've all done it, football, baseball, you know, life itself. And my dad used to tell me when I was a kid, don't let him see you sweat hmm. and not the sweat that comes off your forehead. He's talking about, don't let them see you cry. Cause when they see you cry, they know you're weak. They know you got you. And I've seen Shane daily. And when I see Shane and we talk and we play golf and I see his face, um, the man's a warrior. And that's mm -hmm. why I'm, I'm, I'm proud to, to say that I've got a friend like Shane that uh, when he makes that phone call and he's calling me, I'm coming. It's really great, David. Thank you for sharing that. I got with Shane and George and, and this foundation. And I feel like I'm part of the, the Tyler Foundation uh, as you a are. family member. And you are. That's obvious. I'm coming there daily. It's really great what you just said. And you're obviously a part of the family. And I remember I was talking to someone the other day and we, we all hit, we all have things that we face in life. And I remember when the situation happened at the Oscars, when Will Smith hit Kevin, or excuse me, Chris Rock and uh, you know, Denzel Washington was talking to him and said, it's when you're, you're at the peak of your career, that the devil comes for you. When you're at the, when you're at the peak of your life, that's when things happen. And, and George, I've known you the you know, same amount of time I've known Shane now, which isn't a whole long time, but I feel like we forged a nice relationship already and you seem to be a pretty solid guy. And I can tell when people are being sincere about the people they talk about. And when I hear Shane talk about you, we had a talk the other day and he was telling me about what's going on. And before we got on the podcast tonight, David Fulcher filled me in on you. Obviously I knew of you as a player, as a player. I didn't know you when you were a player, but I knew as a player and not sure I ever saw a more intense hardworking, dedicated player. And it seems like you've transferred all of that to being the same type of friend. 
Would that be true? That is, exactly. I just feel that in life itself, uh, not only being able to grow yourself each and every day, but being able to help grow other people. And you're always going to have a challenge in life. But, you know, it hit hit me hard when I heard about how, how Tyler had passed away. And, and I know I was I was angered from what did happen. And just if my being angered now, I know with, with Shane and his family, how they felt. I mean, that is a deep hurt. But as David said, to be able to come up from that and and take all that energy, put it in a positive way to go out and help other families, talk to other families, to get them smiling and feeling that they still have something to offer and, and not let it get them down. It's easier said than done, but not let it get it get it get them down. And each and every year when when Shane goes out and give the golf tournament, I'm looking. I look forward to being involved with it and, and getting David involved. I just feel it brings more exposure to the tournament and it, it becomes more than just friends, but a family atmosphere. You know, it's, it's obviously a blessing to Shane that two such uh, highly regarded and highly awarded and championship athletes such as yourselves that have touched his life and are helping raise more and more money for a great cause. And, Shane, in a couple of minutes, I'm going to ask you some of the things your foundation supports. So let's not forget to do that. George, how has your life changed? Here you are, part of the Big Red Machine, uh, around, around Cincinnati. Uh, the name's the name is George Foster and the name's David Fulcher. You don't usually have to say them twice. People know who you're talking about immediately. How has your life changed, George, since you met Shane? It, uh, you give me a different perspective. Uh, on life itself and not just focus on what I had done in baseball, but help me to focus on what I can do outside of the game to help others to help themselves. And, and I just, I find that people don't really not as concerned about what you've done, but it's how, what feeling you, what feeling they leave when you talk to them, you want to be able to give them a good feeling, feeling that they are, they are important. They have something to offer. They have something of value and that each and every day, look forward to finding something that you can do to help others to help themselves. And like I said, I played the game of baseball and I achieved a lot, but now it, to continue, you know, outside, what can I do outside of the game of baseball to, to be a champion uh, outside of the game of baseball also. It's awesome. David, how about you? How has your life changed at all since you met Shane? Well, you know, it's funny because I don't, you know, I, I play football. Uh, I'm not a football player when I'm with Shane. I'm just a down, down home brother that uh, that wants to help this guy in every way I can. And I think Shane sees us both. George and I like that. We we joke. We talk about each other. We yep. punch each other. We make jokes. Like you know, we're not we're not football players and baseball players when it comes to Shane. And the feeling is mutual. And you know, I consider I got a brother. Uh, you know that I don't talk to as much. Um, mm after I retired from football and when I came into the game of football, I talked to Shane probably more than I talked to my brother in 30 years. And, you know, with George, I mean, we, we are, we're just, you know, the athletic part of us got us to a platform, but the sincerity of us and the love that we had inside of us has gotten us where we are today. And that's what we do with Shane in any other event or any other foundation. When someone asks us to come, we show up. We're not showing up because we were, professional athletes we show up because we're we're men of faith and we care about the people that we talk to 
And, you know, how could you not want to, you know, look at that guy's face, man. How could you not want to <laughs> help that guy when he says, can you come, can you do this? Because, you know, he's a good man, you know, and I, and I think he said this throughout the, most people that are dealt the cards that Shane and his family were dealt, they kind of, they kind of right. hibernate. They don't go anywhere. They, they turn off the engine. Well, Shane's turned the engine on and actually added some, 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 uh, carbon, some carbon, uh, what do you call them things? Uh, some turbos <laughs> and some extra stuff to his life. And, um, you know, we're full steam ahead, man. I don't think that the Tyler foundation will ever stop because we're going to continue to keep blessing other people, blessing this family. And, uh, we're going to do it as much as we can. And, and we're, we're just going to continue to that's, that's fabulous that's i mean it didn't take more than after, after getting used a couple weeks ago and playing golf with you all <clears throat> after getting used to playing golf with george foster which is like uh nothing i've ever done before in my life uh, it's uh -oh. you talk about facing adversity it's uh, interesting to play golf with him and but it, it didn't take more than two or three holes what i, I think i turned you <laughs> in the cart David, and i said we got to have shane on we got to tell people about the foundation it's uh it's just you meet someone who you know is a game changer. And there's so many whiners out there, guys, today. We know. Part of, part of what we talk about all the time, all of us, is just get out there and do it. Quit whining. Quit complaining. Quit blaming. Quit, quit, quit living as a victim. Get out there and do something about it. And, Shane, that's what I, I loved when I first met you. And after that round of golf, I had a chance to get to know you better in a couple of conversations now is – you didn't sit back and let tragedy basically paralyze you or your family or your future. And that's, uh, that's quite a role model for others. And even those who might be meeting you for the first time or hearing this for the first time, tell me some things the foundation does. We'll go back and talk about other ways that it makes money. Cause I think there's other ways. I know you do a motorcycle. I think you do a poker run or a motorcycle run. Yeah. We, we, we've done several events. Um, you know, the, the biggest thing about Tyler's foundation is we just don't take money in. We, I support David's foundation. I support George's foundations. It's not that we want to give back to them, too. You know, we want to promote them and we want to grow them into other organizations also. So Tyler's platform has gotten so big that not that David and George needs more publicity, but their causes do. So we're able to take them into Tyler's army and then branch them out into a whole nother area that they would have never touched. And, um, you know, I love these guys and what they've done because, you know, it's not every day that I can wake up in the morning and have a text from two legends, you know, just like it's a normal day, you know, it's going to waffle house with your buddies, you know, it's, it's been a, an absolute dream for me but of course everybody's plans are to be somebody and for them to have accomplished what they've accomplished and they still give back to the communities is what i love about them the most it's you know george is the only person in the big red machine that still coaches kids every day you know david's out there every day spreading awareness working with kids doing camps you know, working, it keeps them young. In the prison you know? system, working in the jail system. Yes. Yeah, it's just you know, it's always about trying to make somebody or some some place better. And the greatest thing about Tyler's Foundation is we've got this platform that 
we can create positive moments to change somebody's life. And George and David people have changed who are my even life. listening right now, if people want to go, even while they're listening or watching, they're going to hop on. Is it Tyler Richardson Foundation.org.com? It's uh, You can go on, you can see what we support. We're branched out into many things. Yes, we've had a successful bowling tournament. We've had uh, successful um, golf outings. We've had poker rides. We do a bourbon event at James Third Base uh, every year. We raise a lot of money doing that. But basically, we funnel the money in, and then we help families. We help organizations. We support, uh, you know, George and uh, David's uh, causes, of course, as much as possible. Um, we do Maddie's house out of Cincinnati, which is Steve Riley and uh, Julie Riley lost their daughter, Maddie, uh, from Channel 9. And uh, we support them. And, and uh, so, you know, Tyler's went from a small community uh, out in the country with volunteer firefighters to being all over the world. So we have people that contact us from Poland and Brazil and they we send them shirts and they wear them on the beach. And it, it's it's such a great thing, too, when, you know, you get a phone call saying, hey, I just talked to George Foster at the game or I saw George on a plane or I was sitting next to him at a restaurant. And, you know, it's that connection. And all they got to do is, you know, of course, everybody calls me Opie. So when they say I'm friends of Shane, you can't just be like, let it there. Why, why are we called Opie? Uh, my old owner of my company, when I started there in 93, cause I was a clean cut little blonde redheaded kid, mm-hmm. everybody called me Opie and it, the CEOs of all the companies that that's my name. So when they say Opie, some people know me as Shane, but most of my close people know me as Opie. Well, here's two things to say back to that Opie is now one of the most successful and richest directors in Hollywood history that played Opie in the Andy yes. Griffith show. I, I was mm-hmm. on a plane with him, and when he landed in Cincinnati, I talked to him, and I told him, you know, he met the real Opie, which is me, so in uh-huh. Cincinnati. So, yeah, I, I, I did get my dig in on him, but, you know, welcome to my city when he was he was filming in Middletown up here. Shane, answer this question for me, sure. and I don't – leave Tyler out of this answer. I don't want to know about Tyler. I don't know what about the foundation. That's not what I'm looking for here. How has meeting David, how's becoming friends with David, and especially George, how's that changed your life or you as a person? David brings a, a different dimension uh, to our relationship, especially with George, because George is this guy that's just so, he's right out there and he's going to rip on everybody and he's going to mess with people that don't know. And David loves to, challenging and i love that george sees the challenge and it makes them you know more competitive and uh you know it's just been a such a positive image for especially for my my crew my army they love it they think it's the funniest thing you experienced it out on the course i know it was the funniest thing watching david fulcher egg on george foster watching george come back and then we're walking down the second fairway and i was dumb enough to answer the question George says, uh, hey, David, what's your middle name? I said, Douglas. I'm named after Douglas MacArthur. He hasn't called me David since. I don't think George Foster will ever use my first name ever again in my lifetime. And I consider that a badge of honor. Well, yeah, because now you've got a nickname. So that's the thing is everybody gets something. And, you know, George and David, they're, they're great. I think that they would be the best 
group of guys to be on a stage getting roasted by each other. I just think their comedic uh, abilities are real high, but they're genuine, truly loving people. And, uh, you know, for them to take time out of their lives to, to check in on me and to be around me and my family has been such an emotional healing uh, moment for all of us because it's, uh, you know, yeah, my kids, my daughter, you know, George is another dad, you know, David uh, is getting there. Uh, we got many pictures with him and her and she loves him. And, you know, he did, we're all just family. We're all here to help people and we're all here to make this place better. So Jane, consider me now a third brother. Put, put me in I, there. I, I, definitely. From we, this uh, day forward, whatever I can do to help, I will. And uh, George and David, let me ask you this from, from a uh, professional athlete standpoint, not just professional athletes, you excelled to the top of your professions, both of you, as you see others who have played your sport, what percentage, I'm not even looking for a number, but do you see others like you that are reaching out to help things like the Todd Richardson Foundation, or is that rare? People might talk a good game. They might play golf one day, or do you actually see people putting in the kind of effort, former athletes, former all-star athletes like you supporting things like the Tyler Richardson Foundation? It's rewarding to see, but there are very few that are out there. But it makes me feel good knowing that that's something I love doing. I'm not doing it just to try to get any uh, exposure. I love doing it because I feel I have something to offer, uh, advice or or working with David on his his putting. But uh, I just I'm, I'm able to go out there and try to help improve somebody else's life. And I just feel good about it. it gives, gives me that extra energy, that, that extra excitement, that that uh, that get that adrenaline flowing. David, what about you on the on the pro football side of it? Do you see a number of athletes stepping up, and or is it a hit and miss, one hit wonder? Yeah, it's kind of similar to what George just said. I, I think I just I just feel like you know the Davids and the Georges, and and there's far few between that are out there. There's a purpose. We all have a purpose in life. You know, my purpose really wasn't to be a professional football player, even though I played that sport. My purpose in life was how can I excite people? How can I help people? Even playing in a, a football game, when I went to a, a home game, I wanted to make 70,000 people either stand up and cheer, or if I'm on a visiting side, sit down and say nothing. So I had a purpose. I had a purpose of what I did. And my purpose today is to give back. You know, I'm in the jail working with incarcerated men and women. I go in there four days a week. I'm there two hours, maybe three hours at some time. And I walk out of that place exhausted because I've given everything I can inside there talking to a guy saying, make better choices. You just called me. You called yeah. me, you we're walking out of the jail. You go, I got to talk to you. I got to lift back up. I yeah, just, I, mean, I, I was dead tired coming out of there, but this is what I like about what George and I bring to the table when we talk and work with Shane is that we don't go in there guns to blazing. We go to Shane and we say, hey man, what, what kind of help do you need? What do you want from us? And there are times that Shane probably says nothing. Oh, I can look at Shane sometime. He looks very tired. And I want to tell him, hey man, why don't you go sit down and take a rest? Let me do it for you. Matter of fact, when we was at a golf tournament uh, uh, for Lim, for the Lim Foundation. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Shane's there. He's there the whole day with me, standing right there watching me hit balls off the tee. And I could see that he was tired. But you know what? We don't, we don't quit till we're done. 
we don't quit. We don't walk away from it. And we're, I'm excited that I have, you know, the three guys on this, on this podcast that I can consider best friends, friends that I can pick up and go, Hey, Judy, I'm going to hang out with Shane today. I'm going over to Georgia's. Well, I don't know if I want to really want to do that, but I'm going over to Georgia's, <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to see David and my wife is not going to complain about me going anywhere because the, the, we're all brothers in some circle of life that we want to give back. And that's what we're doing tonight. That's really great. George and David, this question's for you. And I, I hope to frame it the right way. George, I know you had a fabulous career. Uh, one of the most popular Reds ever. There had to be some times during your career that were challenging when some adversity hit you. David, the same question is going to come your way. How did you get through those tough times? And what have you seen Shane do that basically mirrors what you did as a professional athlete to get through the toughest of times or the biggest heartbreak, the loss of a huge game, real close one, so close to a certain number, whatever it might be, didn't quite get there. What did you use to remain resilient and have resolve? And how have you seen Shane embody that? It was early in my career when I had made, my dream was to make it in Major League Baseball, make it to the big leagues. And I made it there. Then I was demoted to AAA. And at that time, I was thinking about quitting the game. But then my mom stepped in uh, and said, this is what you want to do. If this is what you want to do, you got to go out and work to get back there. And, and it's like, never give up. Never. See, she said that quitters never win and winners never quit. And I see that in Shane. He's every every day, sometimes and his wife saying, slow down, but he finds that there's always something to do and he's out there doing it. It's it's a word that uh David Falter had to look up. He's indefatigable. He's tireless out there. He's he's doing something each and every day. He's calling me and calling David to go and be a part of a, a fundraiser. So he's always on on the move. And now and then I would give him. A, a, a little shock because I said, well, I'm supposed to be there, but I'm just flying in Would you pick me up to the airport, but I'm right there at the clubhouse. So he gets a little anxious thinking that I'm not going to be there, but it's always uh, yeah. great being a part of what he does because we know it's always going to be a great event. Well, George, let me say this. <clears throat> I might make you put gas in my tank, but for the amusement alone, if you ever need a run home from the airport and I'm in town, I'll come get you. Just I'm, the, I'm just gonna drive with you. Alone. I'll take I'll drive, I'll take your car and drive and leave you at the airport. <laughs> David Fulcher, how about you? How about something you face as a as a member of the Bengals or uh let's leave it at that. I don't want to know about your Oakland year. I don't I don't care. Uh as as a member of the team, as a professional athlete, something you faced that you now see you got through it, and you see Shane embody that. I'm, I'm going to go back because uh, when I was a kid growing up in LA, uh, in South Central LA, my South Central LA, my dad was our baseball coach, and I wasn't playing my best baseball. So my dad took me out of LA and took me to Westchester, uh, predominantly white uh, environment, and had me play on the baseball team where there's 15 white kids and one black kid, which was me. And he told me, and I think George said it before, you know, you know. Winners keep winning, losers keep losing. You, you, if you don't do what you're supposed to do, you're not going to be successful. So that year of baseball, I learned how to play the game fast and competitive. 
I was playing down to the level of my guys in LA and it wasn't good enough. So my dad took me there to show me that if this is, if this is what you want to do, you got to play, be the best. You got to play the best. And that's shame. Shane simplifies to me that he is not going to let uh, the Tyler's foundation just be mediocre. He wants it to be the best. He, he, you know, and, and the, the best is not how much money you raise. It's that you continue to keep working hard to do what you do. And I admire that with George because I, I watched George play. I remember the big red machine. I saw George hit home runs. I remember all that stuff that George did. And it didn't slow him down. And then for George to get demoted to go to the, to the minors, to come back to the majors, says that he's not a quitter. You know, I, I only I only had, you know, I didn't have a minor league football team. But when I got drafted by the Bengals, they had a starting strong safety. And I felt bad for that guy because I was going to take his position. I didn't want to come up here and just sit on the bench and watch. And so I kept working hard enough to get that position. And once I got it, I was there for eight years. And I knew eventually there was going to be a rookie to come in and take my job. And why? Yeah, it did that after eight years of playing for him. But Shane gives the um, perfection of a person who a person who is throwing a no hitter. And Shane keeps throwing that no hitter through 15 minutes now. He's, That's not, really just, he's not shutting it down after nine. That's really great. You know, I, I look back at watching both of you play in your careers. And, uh, George, I, I remember if I think about it, the, the two words come work, intensity and power, the intensity you played the game with and, and the power you displayed when, when you and, and David, I'm not sure I've ever seen anyone play angrier. Uh, you Not that you were out of control, so don't know. But uh, when you were on that field, I forget who we were interviewing for another podcast, one of your former opponents. I think it was your friend, David Adams, who played running back. And yes. he said when he, when he crossed, when he got the ball, he'd look up for everybody. He'd try to find out where you were so he knew he'd live to play another down. He had to make sure where you were on the field. And Shane, what's it feel like? How does it feel to have two legends of their sports, legends in the city of Cincinnati, saying these things? You know, we put gas in our car to get us to where we're going next. I'm not sure that anyone who's listening to these two talk about a person like they are you wouldn't fuel someone for a while. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's truly an honor. I mean, you know, as a kid growing up in Cincinnati, you know, you always want to catch that fly ball or you want the foul ball or the home run ball or to meet somebody. And for me to have these guys talk to me every day, just like I'm just, you know, even though I'm a fan, we're all family, as I call it, uh, friends and family. We call it family. And um, that's what they are to me. It's it's so much bigger than the platforms that we're all on right now. Of course, those two, you know, they played on major platforms and they were also critiqued for what they were doing. And Tyler's Foundation is the same thing. We've created a, a great platform. Uh, sometimes, uh, you know, people are don't understand who or why or what we support. Um, but they know that we're giving back to the community and we try to help everybody. We can't help everybody, but if we can save as many as we can. Shane, let me cut you off right there. Let's be, let's be direct. I try to be direct as David Vulture knows he's been on here a couple of times, George's first time. What do you do? What do you support? What, what are some of the things when people go, Hey, we're not really sure what to support, but we want to support you. I heard you say the other day in the car ride, you, 
somebody, a child might die and they can't afford a headstone. You'll provide a headstone and some other things that you've either helped in the past or that you can possibly do. I mean, we've done everything from buying uh, cemetery plots. We bought a fire truck Mm -hmm. for the first responders that try to save Tyler's life. They needed a tanker truck. It's amazing. We raised money and bought a tanker truck. We've bought, uh, washers and dryers for single moms that were spending hundreds of dollars a month on laundry at a laundromat uh, to help them after a fire. We bought them a, a washer and dryer. You know, you think of it, okay, it's just a washer and dryer, but it saves that lady yes. 250 a month. And, yes. and she can now have that for her kids. And, you know, we sponsor a lot of charity events. One of the things about our foundation is it's not just about our foundation. We're here to help everybody else. So normally when somebody loses a child, I'm usually the first person that somebody calls Hmm. because they know that I'm the support system. I'm going to coach them as a friend of how to be with the family. And I've been able to help 37 different charities grow Hmm. by having events for them and teaching them how to do things. And David was just at Liam's uh golf outing george has been there too and you know the exposure that i've had with tyler's foundation to help them do things better so they can keep continue on their causes to to save lives and to help help our community so you know we 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 don't have one specific thing we buy food we have backpack programs that we pay you know, kids that don't eat over the summer. COVID was very challenging for a lot of families, especially kids that ate at school. So we have two grocers uh, local that we put money in their accounts and every kid that came in never left hungry. And uh, the owners would nice. definitely, um, they match, they donated, the communities put money into the fund because that's what Tyler would want to be. Now, we have two community parks that we're building, uh, one in Camden where Tyler's buried and one in Somerville, Ohio. Uh, we've really ex- been extendedly doing Camden's, put in a splash park for the kids, which was amazing because these kids have nowhere to go. They're not on the, sh- you know, they get into trouble. So now they've re- rejuvenated this park. Now it has a splash pad. Now it's used all the time. They got new equipment. They just put in brand new basketball courts. And all that's because of what, these two gentlemen's helped me do, which raising money. Um, so I passed that through us onto our communities. Uh, we've built five motorcycles, which we've given to the charities um, in memory of their kids that are lost. So uh, Maddie's house received the bike. Uh, Chuck Angelo received the bike. So we take tragedies and we turn them into something special and a piece of art. So I'm able to utilize many people in my team to do certain Big things. tragedies so, and turn them into something special. Yeah, Guys, you know. I'm starting to understand George Foster now. I'm starting to understand David Fulcher now. Like like when you were playing, gentlemen, you know, I, I, I've heard uh, I've heard David talk about playing for Dick LeBeau and how what, what an honor that was and how it fired him up to do that. And George, I'm not sure if playing for Sparky or if you had certain managers that that lifted you, that you wanted to do well for them. But now, after meeting Shane and hearing what's coming out of his mouth tonight, I can see what inspires you to want to help. Oh, yeah. Cause you, you, see, you see the benefits that are out there. But as far as baseball, what inspired me was the people of Cincinnati. You know, they were there supporting me all the way. And the same thing with uh, Tyler's Cup. 
people are there. It's just unbelievable the, the support that you have there. Each time you have that golf tournament, there, there, there's a waiting list that people want to get in, get involved. Mm-hmm. And David and I look forward to participating because the people there are looking forward to seeing us. So we want to make sure that we leave them with a smile on their face. Let's do this. Let's let's start with you, Shane. Would you give people real clear direction how they can reach you and, and the different avenues that they can become a part of or support Tyler's Cup and Tyler, the whole vision? Before we do that, I'm going to, David, I'm going to let you talk about yours, George, and your foundation as well. And then also anyone listening to this today, Bridging the Gap here on Bootleggers Music Group Radio, you can go to the Bootleggers Music Group app and there's a place to contact us. So for some reason you don't hear one of these, you can always go to the Bootleggers app. You can write to me or anyone on the show today. and We will eventually get that note to you. But Shane, let's, let's talk, how do people reach you? How do they become a part of Tyler's ongoing legacy? Um, you know, our website is www.tylerscup.org. We do have a blog. We do have donation screens and we post all of our events. And then uh, you can also go on Facebook and Instagram, Tyler Richardson Foundation. Uh, you'll see the hood of the fire truck on the picture. Um, you can like that in uh, our page and we keep everything posted of what we do, who we help. Uh, the greatest thing that's happening right now is Talawanda School District is honoring Tyler uh, with his own honorary diploma mm. to graduate high school. So wow. he, he, he never attended school, but he gives away an annual scholarship every year to multiple children. And we've given away over $50,000 to to that, plus we've helped others start charities in memory of their uh, their children. So Absolutely. you can go on those sites. You can contact me um, on Facebook, Shane Richardson. Um, anyway, you can IM me or messenger me or message the foundation. You can also contact my wife. Uh, she has roots on 177. It's a hair salon locally. She has a page, R-O-O-T-S, and um, she actually does answer a lot of things through Tyler's Foundation also. Great. George, tell us some about your foundation, how people can reach you if they actually want to. Well, number one, it's uh, foster safe youth, uh, teaching life skills through baseball, being able to reach kids through the game of baseball or sports and work on intangibles, how to live life itself. But uh, it's just through George Foster Baseball at Yahoo.com. That's the best way. But I say foster safe youth, teaching, teaching life skills through baseball. That's great, George. The reason I love to hear that is I think we've all, you know, I'm a professional public speaker and I speak to, to groups as young as probably in their early teens and then through college and then for the rest of their lives. And I've noticed a change. I've noticed a change in our kids. I've noticed a change in their attitudes and work ethic, et cetera. So I'm pretty excited to hear that what you're doing and the positive way you're impacting kids. It's pretty tremendous. David, what about you? Well, you know, I, uh, so we, we, our foundation helps those who are affected by multiple sclerosis. My wife, Judy, was diagnosed with it um, almost 28 years ago. And um, our foundation, FultursForLife.com. Um, you can go to that website. We have a lot of stuff that we do on that. And website. that is Fultures, the number Fultures. four, and yeah. then like FultursForLife.com. Um, and this is something that, you know, as I listen to Shane, I listen to George and some of the things that we go through that what we do with our foundation is that we help those families that are in need of help 
who have multiple sclerosis, who can't afford to pay their bills, who can't afford to buy groceries. I do a lot of autograph signing and speaking engagements. When I do those things, that money directly goes to those families. We've had like 350 some families in the last 20 years that we've done grocery shopping, Christmas shopping, paid bills for. Um, and we do that you know, on a daily basis. So um, yeah, you can go to Fultures for Life, Fultures for Life. Uh, dot com and uh, you'll see everything re regarding to merchandise um, speaking engagements why we do what we do and uh, just the everyday everyday stuff that uh, keeps us running so um, like I said we we like Shane says we we don't have 15 20 foundations that we give money to we have 300 people that we give money directly to and we do we do Christmas shopping for them. And we go right to their house and drop off a thousand dollar, fifteen hundred dollar basket that you know from the monies that we raise and, and the things that we do because my wife is, is is she's okay, you know she has MS but MS doesn't have her, and the folks that have MS we try to reach out and help them so they can live a sure. better and a comfortable life in what they do and what we do. Guys, as we bring this closer to a close. <clears throat> It's again, we've been talking about the friendship that is forged from tragedy. And I'd like to have each of you share, it doesn't have to be too long, just quickly. And uh, Shane, I'll start with you. What it means to be a real friend to somebody else. Number one, what's it mean to be a real friend? And I call them true friends. And I'll wait till the end and I'll tell you what I think a true friend is. And then uh, number two, uh, for anyone facing something tough in life, maybe a quick piece of advice for them. So what's it mean to have a true friend? What's it mean to be one? And a quick piece of advice for someone facing a tough time. Well, a true friend to me is never ha ever have, ha have never having to ask them for anything. They, they're always there. They offer it before you ask, you know, anything, you know, there's always a, a commitment to that person at any time. So, if I ever needed one of these two and they were nowhere near me, they would find a way to help me. If I'm somewhere else in the world and they need me, I will find a way to get somebody to them. And true friends just, you know, you never forget about what they're going through, the adversities that they have to deal with every day, and just always being that supported role model for them. You don't have to be you know, a star-studded athlete to be a role model. Got it. And what about a piece of advice for somebody facing a tough time, Shane? You know, the biggest thing for us, you got to stay positive. You got to stay positive. You got to stay grounded. You got to understand what's going on, what feelings you have, and let your feelings and emotions go and let, let them show. It's okay to cry. It's okay to have a bad day. But always – don't ever realize there's never a tomorrow until there isn't. Thank you. George, let's go to you. So I mean to have a true friend. What's it mean to be one piece of advice for someone facing a tough time? It's when, when you're in need, you know that somebody's there to help you. They, they know that you're in, in need and you don't really have to ask them to help you. Uh, if it's David or Shane that, you know that they're in need. You just try to go out and find what you can do to satiate that need. So I use the phrase, a friend in need is a friend indeed. And at the second part is the saying that 
let them know that they're not alone. They're, they're out, there's people out there ready to help you. Don't try to do it by yourself. There's others out there willing to give uh, their time, their, their energy, and even monies to, to help help them out of the situation that they're in. And as that Shane said, is you know, gotta feel positive. Uh, look ahead, you know. It's easy to say look ahead, but when, when things are not going well for you, but if you want to improve on things, you gotta look ahead and try not to do it by yourself. David. Wow, man. Um, it's kind of hard to piggyback on what these guys have said. I know, if you just wanna say ditto, true. ditto, I get it. You know, it's true. You know, I, I think um, a, a true friend, true friend is the one who will go to bat for you no matter what. Um, if for some reason Shane or George uh, needed something, some medicine or something and they couldn't get out of the house and I, I would get on the, I would get in my car and I would drive and go pick it up. Then. If, um, you know, Shane had to go one place and had to get the daughter some other place or had to get, you know, the wife someplace because Shane mm -hmm. couldn't do it. He knew he's got a friend in me that I could do that for him. The same with George. Very um, true. You know, and 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 you know, we're all dealt. You know, and this is baseball. You know, George probably says that when he, when he played baseball. You know, when I played baseball, as I said, my my favorite pitch wasn't the fastball; it was the curveball. A lot of people couldn't hit curveballs. I, I knew how to hit a curveball because I would drop that, that left shoulder and go with the curveball, and then boom, I, I would follow follow through it. If hopefully George is, is is correcting me there, but I don't know. He cocked his head and got a strange. Yeah, he's look. got that look. Some George, people like the way you hit a curveball, drop the left shoulder, and follow through. That's why he played football. <laughs> but that's okay though. But what I'm saying is, is, is we're all dealt something. If a curveball is thrown in our lives, we know how to hit it. We don't just sit back and jump back from it because we think it's going to hit us. We step into the ball and we still swing the bat. And in this case with us, to all the tragedies that we've been through and the things that we've, the adversity that we've been around, we don't quit. Shane doesn't quit. Shane's not going to let me quit. I'm not going to let George quit. George is not going to let me quit. No matter how George says things or does things, there's going to be a comeback because if I don't come back, I'm quitting. So what George does, George keeps me fired up and keeps me thinking, just like you, Dave. You know, you're you're my you're my golfing buddy. You're my 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 inspirational buddy. That I know if I have something that I need to get off my chest or I've got a question, I can pick up my phone and I can make a phone call to you three. And I know that it may not be the answer I'm looking for, but you're yep. gonna give me something to make me better. I learned two things very quickly playing golf with George Foster. Number one. He wants to know if you can handle yourself under adversity and pressure, number yep. one. And number two, do you have competitive greatness? If yep. you can't handle yourself under pressure or adversity, George will take advantage of that. And if you don't have competitive greatness, you will lose. Lucky for me, I can handle what he throws out, and I'm as competitive as they come. So You were prepared. You were prepared. I was prepared. Uh, was. I'll, let me talk about the same, and then I'm going to bring us to a close. When I'm in front of a group, as the dating doctor or as a speaker, whatever I happen to be doing, I talk about true friendship and, and it really applies to the four of us on this, on this call right now. True friends are rare time. They don't come along very often. 
True friends are rare. Time spent with them is effortless. It flies by like this podcast did. Nobody keeps score. Nobody's keeping score on somebody else. You owe me. I did this. There's no scorekeeping, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, there's no gossip. There's no jealousy. You can, you can pick up. You haven't seen each other for a while. You pick up and start walking and talking like it was five minutes ago that you saw each other. And, and the whole situation is judgment-free. You can talk to that person about anything. And uh, David, obviously, I have the people on this call. I know you the best. George, a great new friend. Uh, it's, really, it's really wonderful to meet the guy behind what I saw play back in the 70s and uh, the guy who you know, took the city by storm and part of the big red machine. And Shane, the, the more I've learned about you, the more impressed. And when I, when I saw how excited David was to go play golf that day, because wait till he didn't say wait till you meet George. He said, "All right, let me tell you about George, so you're prepared." It was like going to college, and for he had an hour college session with me before I'm meeting George Foster, so I could be prepared to meet George Foster. He but he said, "Wait till you meet Shane." And now I get it, guys. Thirty seconds to sixty seconds. One last thing you'd like to say to everybody: that Shane's a rock. David, he's always. I call him the impact man. Because he's always going to respond. He's not going to back off. He's not going to back off. He's always there. But it's always great interacting with both of them. And now David has his wife coming at me. So <laughs> he's, he's, he's got, he has backup. But George I, Foster. George Foster. But to this day, though, I want to – uh, you're talking about helping someone? I help David with donuts. You know, <laughs> apple fritters. Hey, save his blood sugar. See, he helped him with yeah. his blood sugar yeah. that day. Yeah. Yeah. I already told you no, guys. Knowing I didn't need them, knowing I didn't need them donuts, but you know, yeah. and he helped me because he he, he passed them out to everybody. Yeah, and uh, I didn't get a chance to get it, and my blood sugars was way low that day, which was a good thing. <laughs> I will bring the donuts the next time we play. I promise. Shane, do you have something you want to say? No, I, I one of the things that I do want to say about these two is the these guys both understand what emotional support means. Emotional support has more value than anything monetary. These guys have it, and they understand that. Talking to somebody means more than anything. Folks, I hope you've enjoyed this as much as I, I have. have. I appreciate it. it. And hosting it. Uh, I can't thank you enough, uh, Shane, for you're out by your beautiful pool, which, by the way, I cannot wait to visit someday. Let's come out sometime. Maybe yes, not. You know, Maybe looks not. like you live in paradise. Absolutely. And by the way, George Foster, I've already told David this multiple times. I, I couldn't love him and Judy more. I'd rather fight him than Judy. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> I, I think I I'd rather fight both of them before I fought Judy's mother. That's one so, thing I agree with you on. Okay. I agree. Uh, but I can't thank you three gentlemen enough. And for everyone who's listened today or who's watched, please reach out. Reach out to all their foundations. Reach out, reach out to Tyler's Cup and, and the things that George, it's a, you said it's George Foster Baseball at gmail.com to reach you. And it's Fultures for Life to reach you. And people can reach me through here at Bootleggers Music Group Radio or the or datingdoctor.com, my website. Guys, thanks so much. Uh, I think we we covered the topic well. We've talked about what it means to be friends and to support something and someone that's much larger than we are. I appreciate your time. For those of you who've been with us, we appreciate you. This is David Coleman. This has been Bridging the Gap on Bootleggers Music Group Radio. All right, brothers. Later. We will do it again. All right, guys. Thanks, guys. Love you. We'll talk to you. All right.